name is Maccabee Griffin. And I'm Marcella. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we take that well-known adage, read between the lines to a whole new level and beyond. Each week, we sit down with a new author to not only discuss one of their books, but also learn the story behind the story. Now, it takes a very creative and special person to be able to take classic children's books like The Ugly Duckling by Hans Christian Andersen, use their background in psychology and sociology, and mix it up with a little bit of real-life experience from not only the author's perspective, but also their clients, all to create a narrative that will make you ask yourself, are you stuck with a duck? Now, this is something that should be common to a lot of people today, mainly because we all suffer from judgments either internally and or externally. So if you're someone who thinks of themselves as weird or strange like me and Marcella do, we have a show for you that'll give you the tools to embrace that and understand that those little things that makes you special and different is great to have. Because we want everybody to understand that they are special, that they are somebody who can create a new change in this world. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the duck whisperer herself and the author of Are You Stuck with a Duck? Miss Brigitte Grunstam. Brigitte, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate it so much. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I love your introduction. And with a duck, I just get, yeah. Uh, Thank you. It will be, it's very fun, 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 fun. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously you're not a true duck whisperer, but you know, I thought it would be a little nice little treat there because you, you have this like passion for ducks that started when you were young and we can see it you know, obviously within the title of the book, for one thing, and two, like I said, you explain how much you you love ducks, especially when you were young. So besides all of that, would you give our audience a bit more personal insight into who you are and what you're about? Because people want to know things that they can't find on the internet. Yeah, that's a hard question, but I can start at and my passion for duck, I don't know why, but there was something with this uh, ugly duckly story and uh, my feelings for this little ugly duckly and I could feel it in my entire system. Uh, I mean, so I really grew up with this ugly duckling and I feel sorry for him. And I thought all these uh, other ducks and cats in the story was absolutely stupid. They didn't get anything. And that's kind of the, the mission I've been following since I was a kid. And in the end, ended up uh, in the duck book. So uh, what uh, people don't know about me is that I have had uh, one mission my entire life. And really, it's a stupidity to just go and explain and to punish stupidity in the society that keep people in boxes. And I never could understand why people couldn't be as they were. So I questioned uh, the grown-up behavior very, very early. And uh, what they maybe don't know on the internet, it's actually I made a conscious decision when I was around about 10 years. And I realized, and I have no bad grown up in any way. I mean, my parents was just uh, as uh, all other ducks. But to me, I had, I made a conscious decision 
I need to raise myself. Otherwise, my life will go sideways. And I realized this wonderful feeling to put myself in a bubble. And I didn't have to listen to everything. I could hear people talk, but I didn't have to hear what they were saying. So that has been my protective shield my entire life. And I don't think I have that somewhere on the internet, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you said that because, you know, I, this is why I love about your book, because it is, it is something it's from a different point of view than a lot of people will present to themselves because there, obviously there are a lot of life coaches out there. There's a lot of gurus on how to make your life better and everything, but your perspective was so interesting because of the fact that you were confronting the idea that we when we compartment compartment i can't even say this word compartmentalize our lives into little segments so that we have enough time to complete everything but doing so brings us more frustration and disappointment into our lives instead of you know the peace that we're really looking for so my question to you my very first question to you is why do you think that is and why did you come up from a different perspective than many others? First, my perspective uh, is probably one part of that. I have this kind of a weird mind. So I have been a, such a brilliant observer and always asking, why is this? So my two biggest questions through life since I was a little kid is, why is people behaving as they do? And mm-hmm. I consciously looked for answers. And that's why I was this uh, observer and find my found the answers to certain things and I understand it from a deeper perspective without before I read anything or psychology or physiology or religion and anything I understood because I saw the chain reaction in people's behaviors and how they react and I start I remember when I started practicing my own response different responses before school and I noticed how people respond when I express myself in a certain way and uh, and then I just uh, collecting all the data and I also want to everything I'm doing I want it to be practical I mean, the big theories, yes, it's interesting. I love learning. But to bring things down, cut it down to pieces that's understandable for others has always, and still are, that, that's, uh, that's kind of my thing. And I also realized to make people be willing to change, you need to go behind their defense mechanism system. So, and I think that was also a part of why I used the ugly duckling. And when you talk about ducks, you are not pointing finger on a person specifically. And when you can observe yourself from another standpoint, it's easier to uh, be receptive to the information. I don't know. Did I answer your question? Yes, you did very <laughs> much so. Very much so. So is this one of the reasons why it was so so not really important but more of a draw to actually study psychology and sociology and to bring that into the book somehow especially when talking about you know when we're when you are talking about how when you observe people from afar you're always looking at the pond first and then you're looking at the behavior of the duck or the swan so is that one of the reasons why you you 
you worked that worked it out that way? And is that something that helps you to develop a a different outcome, a, not, a different outlook on how to you're observing and getting these answers from other people? I think uh, see, actually the reason why it become ducks was not until just before I start to write the book. And I mean, my way of writing is coming from, it's not just study, it's not thoughts. It's kind of, you get the signs and those mysterious information from above, from somewhere. And one day, and it was, uh, I mean, when I was maybe in my thirties, I got some signs. So I asked my older son to go and pick up the ugly duckly in the, in the library. And I reread the story and then I realized, okay, this is exactly what I have in my mind, what I see in other people. So that's the reason why I started to use Dougly Duckling. And then I had to recall my memory from when my mom read the story to me and all the feelings and uh, what I have. So then I put the pieces together. And I also would say I, the theoretical knowledge I have, uh, when it comes to psychology and philosophy and stuff like that, has always come afterwards, I have got to an insight. So I have seen the result and the processes in, in people and then the information, the theoretical information has come to me. And then once, so since I know I own the knowledge and that's why I can use the metaphor as the ugly duckling. And it's exactly the the... The outcome of the story for Jose Anderson too is it's it's the same. I mean, you are different, be different because you are this beautiful swan. It doesn't matter if you are grown in a in a duck duck farm or in a duck pond. Yeah, and and I I love how you put that because you know, you, I remember you saying in the book, you know, you had three different people that you really looked for when it came to the theory part. And that was, please help me with the first one, Yante, Yante, then Murphy's Law, and then I can't remember the third one. I really wish I could. <laughs> yes. Okay. Those uh, characters. And this may be the Yante Law. It's maybe very typical for, for Sweden and uh, Scandinavia and especially Sweden. We call this Yante, don't believe that you are some, some, someone or something special because you are not Everybody else is much better than you. Don't try to stick out. And that's something that's so uh, grown into our culture, we actually yeah. believe it. And then also what we have in, the, in Scandinavia is uh, the Luther thing is that kind of, it should be hard to make a living. It should be hard to live. And you have to work for your money. Nothing is easy. So that's another one that was really in, um, in, in our grown-up environment. And then this <laughs> Murphy, Murphy's, Murphy's law. law. If yeah. something goes wrong, it will. Yeah. So that's kind of what, what you have to fight for from the beginning. And you think that's the truth for most people. And I could see that earlier. This is BS. There is yeah. something else. And uh, that was the answer I was looking for. And I really, in my heart, feel, I mean, it hurts. It's painful to see people that they are still listening to what other things they should do, what they should be, and to be in your cubicle eight hours a day, to make a living, to buy stuff that you maybe don't want. And to move away from that, you need to go deep into yourself and find a feeling, the kernel that realize that you have actually, you are born 
you are come from a swan egg. You don't have to belong to the ducks or have others to uh, mocking you for being the one who you are. Yeah, because I really thought that was interesting how you brought those those three guys into it, those different theories, because to me, you know, obviously here in the States, it's a little obviously their culture is a little bit different from the Swedish culture, because if I remember correctly, it's just it's almost like the the Japanese culture in the terms of it is the society first, then the individual. So for here, it's obviously a lot different than that. So we don't have the auntie and the, the Luther theories for the general idea of people, because I had to look up Yante and I had to look up Luther because, again, that was something that we were never taught in school. But then again, I was in school, you know, 20 plus years ago, too. So they're probably doing this now. But, you know, it, it was one of the comments that I really thought was hilarious was when you said as a little girl, after your mom had put the book up and everything, you know, you were always like, man, I hope that that swan or that, yeah, that duck comes back and just bites the heck out of everybody else in there from now on. I thought it was funny. I was like, yes, that is, yep, that explains everything so much, so easily. Because it's true, because we want that idea that, you know, somebody that's being picked on when they're kids can come back to the same people, look at the same people are still struggling every day that are not happy and just saying, hey, look what I'm doing, y'all. And I'm doing a lot better than you. I'm a lot happier, too. So, na-na-na-na-na-na, kind of thing. So, but that's my, that was my point of view with it. I thought it was hilarious myself. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I think yeah, more people should allow them because that's another thing. You are not allowed to feel this kind of revenge feeling. So you say, oh, it's better. No, I have to forgive and forget. And sometimes that's also is bullshit because in, in the state, when you feel uh, that some, someone or something have treated you really bad, the feeling of revenge is a catalyzer for you to act and move forward. And the revenge, when you are in a better place, it will disappear. So I never, I never have, have to go back and kill any ducks at all or cats or, or whatever. But at the time, it really helped me to overcome the sadness I felt for this little duckling because I want to give them. So it's an absolutely honest feeling. And if I have to use that kind of feeling again, I would. And I recommend everyone else to do it. And it's okay to feel that. Absolutely. Marcella, you got any questions for her before we move on? <clears throat> no, you know, it's funny because I know Brigida aside from this, this interview, and I've often called her my spirit animal, because she embodies everything that I have endeavored to work on in myself. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it's, and, and I spend a lot of time speaking to Brigida weekly, but right now it's, it's great to see her. We've, we've, we've actually been on zoom together because I took a class with her, which was phenomenal, by the way, it was the most enlightening thing to happen to me. I don't want to say ever, but in such a very long time, she, yeah, you have no idea. It, it's having Brigida as a coach is for me was very empowering. So Brigida, I, not so much that I, I have questions, but you know, what? I'm going to get right to my questions because I need to know. I, I understand where the story comes from and how you were inspired to do this. Did you have any problems with getting it down onto the paper, you know, onto the, the, the laptop? What were the challenges that you had in doing this? I don't think that's something I've ever asked you before. 
No, and it's it's a really good question. Yeah, and just so you know, it took me actually four years before the, from the beginning to the end. And the thing, this book is not just a book because since I am, uh, I want to have the process right, and I would I would like to have this book as an invisible coach, and I would to keep it as a secret. So this is something that's not out there either. So in the book, the process in the book is taking you in a certain uh, in a certain line or what you say that actually affects your unconsciousness so you are going with the book and to make that part right it took some took some thinking and uh, also the structure in the book because i want to have something both to have stories something that's easy that people can recognize themselves and my own experiences because uh, this authentical stuff and then don't give the results when they read the story, but surprise them in the part where we have the analyze part when we describe what's actually happened and get this feeling of aha. And to try to keep that as a secret in the story took some uh, yeah, uh, thoughts. Yeah. And so it took some time, but I enjoyed it. And I, I thought I got the perfect book. And then in the end, you have those questions because I want people to stand and sit still and ask yourself the same question. Because it's, I think every single story in the book, everyone can relate to it, either because they have experienced that themselves or they have had people close to them that have the similar stories. So by answering the questions, they find their own story and they find their own answers and immediately when they do they own the knowledge and that's and that's where the change so, so that's why it took a long time and then I also am a perfectionist so I could spend a long time to get one <laughs> sentence right <laughs> you're laughing you know what that means mm-hmm. yeah and find the word so it tastes right so that yep. could also t- it, it took a, it took a long time because of that and in the end of the book, and I don't want, uh, in the end that you have read it and you read it, you can see I had this really, what you call the writer's block because I had no idea where to go. And I was so <laughs> tired of it because this was a book and ask my oldest son, he hates the ducks because he had heard the story that's in the book. I have had, I had it in my head my entire life. And before I get it out on paper. So he hates the, <laughs> or everything <laughs> that's about ducks to do. So it was, it, 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 and I think it's with uh, any kind of book. It's not that you sit down right from chapter one and to into the end. You are jumping. And when you write a book, it's not that you are writing one book. I think I had to remove so much from the book. So I had two or three other books that still they are waiting to be written. Because you have to make, pick your choices. What kind of stories and what do you want with this book? So I would say I will never do it again, almost. Or if I do it again, it would be easy. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but I... not that process. And one other thing I would say to everyone uh, who wants to write the book and why I always tell people, you write a journal, journaling your life. And um. especially the feelings you have. Because as you grow, you forget the feeling. So, and if you forget the feeling, you can never 
tell the story from the heart. So thanks to me, I always have been writing since I could write. And even before that, my diaries and stuff like that. So I had a bunches of uh, notes to go back to and find the right stories. And without my journaling, I could never have wrote the, written the book. So that's a good choice. Whatever, even if you don't know what am I going to do with all this information, you never know. One day it will be there. And if you want to write, absolutely, because you need your material. Sorry, and I'm speaking way too much. <laughs> so Mac, do you see why? I don't even need to ask her questions because she literally no. answered all of my questions. I did. <laughs> Just... Yeah, no, yeah. You I literally answered, that. yeah. That this yeah. Is, like I said, this is why I call her my spirit animal. I, I just sit most times and I just listen to her speak. Mm -hmm. So being on, on, you know, being able to see her right now is the biggest treat for me. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get it because, you know, it is one of those things that when you have somebody that knows their story so well, and they can take it and they can create, you know, three, four, five different volumes of books just based off of their experiences in life. You know, though, that is exciting because that's, see, these are the, this is one of the great things about this podcast is because I really enjoy that. I really love hearing people say this stuff because it's something that not a lot of people have figured out in their lives yet, either early in their life or later in their life. You know, one of the things that you said, Ardita, is, you know, the, the Yanti theory, you know, you're not special. You are just like everybody else. And then bringing in the Lutheran theory as well as saying that, you know, every, your life is hard. You have to work for anything that you get. And that is, unfortunately, those two right there are really some of the things that are really coming into that have been like buried into our generational thought process and creating the beliefs of you're not special. You are somebody just like everybody else that goes out there. They live a life. They work nine to five. They hate their job. They just do it so they can live. Yada, yada, yada. We can go on and on with all these reasons. And it's really irritating that we have that thought process anymore. And I'm glad that we are finally getting to the point in this new century that, you know, we can finally get out of that because we've had such a spike in mental health uh, because of the past two years that it's gotten worse. So, you know, one of the things I really wanted to ask you to do for us, Brigitte, was while I was reading this over again this morning, going over my, my uh, questions again, was I started to feel a bit more irritated and frustrated and sad all at the same time when I was reading about, I believe this was your initial arrival in Philadelphia and how you had to deal with this, this border patrol agent. We'll call him quote unquote border patrol. The kid had no clue what the hell he was doing. But because as you know, as a someone who has worked for the government, I can understand where he was coming from. I got it. You know, policies, procedures, everything's black and white, yada, yada, yada. But the 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 ridiculousness of the whole situation was beyond like even his other coworkers were like, dude, this really, you know, this isn't gonna work, but 
all right, kind you can have your, you can have your aha moment. Like I finally did something today. Can you, sorry, can you give a little bit of a, like a brief summary of that situation to our audience, please? Yeah, I can. No, I, I think and this is actually something you can download for free, the first chapter, what you are talking about now, uh, just so you know. And that was when I was uh, on my way to San Diego again, and I found my power place in California, and I had never had any longing to go to the United States, but there was a couple of conferences there, and I just found this is my place on the planet. And then when I was on my way, they didn't let me in of reason I didn't really uh, understand back then. And uh, so while I was sitting there and there, I think for the first time, I what, it was really useful to me to be a professional observer because the feeling of that you are totally powerless and you are going to something that you really want and something else is stopping you. I think that was my, actually the first time I really, really couldn't get through with my ideas because most of the time I'm so stubborn and have uh, strategies to get out of every situation. This was the first time I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I was completely, quote unquote, locked in in this situation and in hands of others that were deciding on what I was going to do more than I ever had uh, been before. So it it was an uh, absurd uh, situation. And I'm so happy I could just sit there instead of go into the emotions and feel (gasps) upset and and just be there and observe the situation. And uh, so while I was, um, and you know, after a nine hours flight and uh, then get in a a question room for several hours and then put on the same plane back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it, it, it was, I don't know what to say. It was interesting to see and what I could experience in that room as an observer and how people and my my feeling for that guy in the end, it, it was actually true. Here he spent his life. So, and I don't know if that was a projection to make myself feeling better. It, it could be, but it was an, uh, yeah, an extraordinary happening. Yeah. For anybody who is listening to this, I promise you, you, you get the, if you it, go to the link to get the download of the, the free first couple, the couple of chapters of this, I promise you, you're going to read that and you're going to be exactly the same way. Like what in God's green earth was this gentleman thinking? I mean, even, like I said, even everybody else was like, dude, this is not, this is not going to, why are you, why are you doing this? Are you that bored that you actually have to, you know, deal with the, try to create something that's not there kind of thing. And I, I was like, I, you are like the truest form of like the, the Gandhi, uh, female version of Gandhi at that point, or Mother Teresa, because I would have said so many things. I probably would have been popped into jail. Uh, I would have let my feelings fly because I, I think today it is one of those things that so many people that are trying to come to the States for either vacation or work or to see family go through each and every day. And then we've got, you know, ridiculous representatives of the United States like this gentleman that just want to create a situation that's not even there. So that's another reason why I was wanting to bring it up because I felt like that's something that a lot of people need to hear of what it is like to be from someone from the other side outside of the U S to try to come in 
and know what it feels like to go through that crap. Yeah. But now when I think in, uh, right now, he actually, right now, he actually represents so many people who go to a job and don't have kind of make that choice by themselves. They are following the rules, but they are not the approaches like this man had another person. But so many, can you think about so many people who go somewhere, they are trying to achieve other people's or uh, companies, organizations, goals and visions, and they don't even think about their own life. Right. So to represent, he actually represents most of the people in the world. And that's where the burnout, the mental health issue comes from when you try to please somebody else and following rules and you are not even allowed to have emotions. Because I can think this guy, if he was allowed to be more human and didn't have his uh, co-workers was uh, watching him when he was doing his job, he maybe would have approached me differently with yeah. some kind of humanity or emotions and be friendly. But you could see, and th that's how it works. So, so it, it, it's terrible. I mean, and it still makes me upset. <laughs> so even if the book is written, Right now, I'm still upset that people have to go through life without their own choices to see who they are and what they are capable of. And they think they are authorities out there uh, that's better than themselves because they have uh, gained a position in the society or uh, gained a, a bucket of money or whatever. So, and there the judgment come. And I think that's, I mean, if you look, Everyone is a living human being. There is no differences at all. Everything that makes people different from each other is what is man-made regulations. And we believe it's true. I mean, yeah. the value of a human being is not different. It's just rule and regulations and crap that we can change if we want to. That was yeah. a little unpreaching. I hear. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Because it's, <laughs> no, it's fabulous. It is exactly because that's that's the other thing. And I love you about wonder that. why? Don't you wonder why people are mental? <laughs> the medication to follow the rules and the be in the box. I mean, that's stupidity. That's stupidity. Sorry. It's, it's it's more so insanity than anything because you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, over and over again, trying mm -hmm. to get a different outcome result yeah yeah so i'm going to ask one more question and then it's going to go to marcella's corner where she will give you the, her last she already answered all of my oh, questions max yeah, she literally true. answered right. i had one question for her and, and i'll wait until you're done all right fine well i guess we're just going to do it a little bit different this week and i'm just going to ask this final question of you because it's something that i truly enjoy asking every author because again when we talk about this podcast, it is about learning more about the author, learning about their book, and then obviously learning the story behind the story. So obviously we've already hit the story behind the story because, you know, it, it, it it's life. It's a life in general. It's your life. It's the theories that came across between psychology and sociology that hit every culture. And then, you know, understanding that when you were growing up you know you you created this bubble around yourself to you know yeah i'll listen to what you're saying but it doesn't mean i'm going to actually process it enough to allow it to change me kind of thing so 
my question to you is when every story has a meaning behind it and every author prays that their their readers will clearly understand that meaning. so what knowledge or feelings do you want them to walk away with after they read not only your book but also what they think about you okay when they have read the book and the stories i want them to feel first i'm not alone to be who I am, react to I react, my feelings, behaviors, and uh, in <laughs> craziness, sometimes I'm not alone. People out there are exactly like I am. And that will create a courage. And by the example in the stories that we see, okay, I can do that too. What can I do with my potential? I want them to feel the awakening of doing something different what they are not satisfied with or and be satisfied with what they already have. So the the feeling of really, okay, I am going to change and they will. At least they get to a point where they can get rid of negative emotions, repetitive, painful emotions or feelings, what they have, and actually do change and clean up in their environment, get rid of the ducks, and they don't need to be an enlightened duck. They can choose their own path, and their path is as valuable as anyone else's path. Just be you, no matter who that might be, because there is no wrong way of being. The only thing that will kill everybody mentally or physical is if you try to hide yourself, to find yourself and realize you are born in a swan egg. You don't, even if you are growing <laughs> in a duck pond and you one day you will fly with your swans. So that's the emotions or the thoughts. And then some, some of the people who read the book will actually make physical changes because it's so obvious to them. This is shit. I don't need to do this anymore. I walk away and they will be happy. So that's the process. I, I think someone who is reading the book from absolutely really, really read it, they can't read it without make some change. I think that's kind of impossible. It's it's kind of a quote unquote nasty book because it hits you on the right spots. <laughs> and oh I love gosh. that. I love I love that. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna say this once before we close out. It's like I, I love the one of the statements you said is like read the cover to cover, read it to cover to cover. That's great. But it, if you don't understand something, that's fine. Come back to it later in your life. You know, read this book cover to cover multiple times. And it it's not only, you know, like you said, a regular, you know, book. It's also a journal. It's also a way of understanding yourself. Read the whole thing, then go back, answer the questions at the end of each section and get to know yourself more. Get to, get to understand what you're actually feeling. And knowing, like you said before, that you are not alone, that you're not, just because you you look different, sound different, act different, you know, doesn't mean that you are, you know, not worthy of being part of society. In fact, most people that are like that, Marcella, are very. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and myself, I, I you know, it, it is that idea that we have something that we can give to society. We are able to give it you know, a smile every once in a while when it's really feeling down or, you know, feeling that, 
you know, entertaining you in some way, shape or form, or just being there to listen to you. And that's something that a lot of people really truly need today. And so again, I want to thank our guest, Brigitte Grandstrom. I knew I was going to screw that up at least once. Um, for, for being our guest today and sharing with us the story behind her book, Are You Stuck with a Duck? Because you know you are. We all are. So, Brigitte, the floor is yours. Please tell everyone where they can find you online, any special events you'll be participating in, and anything you would like to just close out the show with. Yeah, I hope we can put uh, there is a link somewhere and uh, there and on the top of the webpage, uh, lifespideracademy.com, you will find a link and you can go first and even just the first free chapter will take you somewhere, but otherwise it's easy to buy the book. And I also would say I still after almost uh, it's a decade since I wrote the book, I can still enjoy reading the book and get new things because life is a spiral of development that will never ends. So when you are revisit the book or a certain story, it will tell you something else. So it's really, it's, I think it's one of the best investment you can do in your life is to keep the duck book close to you and just live with it because it will take you wherever you want to go. It will take you a long way. Oh, and Bikita. open doors for other ways to go. Yes. Bikita, Bikita, I love you so much. I think this was a wonderful thing to have you on our show. Marcello, do you have any final words that you would like to tell Bikita or just the audience in general about today's show and what you got out of it? You guys really need to tap in with Bikita at some point. Having her on the show was great for me because, like I said, I know her personally and she is she's one of my heroes. I literally call her, and I said this earlier, my spirit animal, because she embodies everything I've ever felt and didn't know how to say it out loud. So thank you, Brigida, again, from me personally, and from both of us for coming here and spending time with us. Yeah, it has been wonderful to be here, and you really ignite the spark uh, in me too. We have to keep on moving in the way and let people be free to be who they are. So this is really, so I'm so grateful for being here, and I'm so proud, Marcella. I never been anyone's uh, spirit animal, and I guess goosebumps <laughs> all over my body. <laughs> I think that's a, a title of honor. I don't mind carrying. And uh, no, it has been absolutely wonderful. And uh, I love that you have this uh, podcast and inspiring, uh, inspiring uh, people to move on and, and feel that life can be light and fun, even if there are painful moments. But most of the time, it can be really, really fun to live. And Amen explore. to that. Amen yes. to that. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, you know, obviously we love thanking our guests. And if you want to be a guest on our show, please just reach out to us. You know, it, we have a wonderful time on here. You know, I, I love my co-host. We're, like you said, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're pretty much siblings from another mother. You know, she, obviously she came out first, you know, but, but you know, it, it's, we like to have fun on this show and, and we want you to understand that you don't have to be uptight when you when, if you're starting your own podcast, you don't just having fun with one another, creating something that can last 
as long as you wanted to have on the internet and, you know, just being happy, finding that passion and not being that person that's in that nine to five job that you hate every day. You don't have to deal with all these theories with the, the Yante theory, the Lutheran theory, or, or we all know Murphy's law is just going to happen no matter what. But it's how you go against the grain sometimes that creates something that is pure and fun for everybody involved. It's not going to be easy, but when you put the work into it and you have a passion for it, you know, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And that's one of the things we, we really want you to be inspired by when you listen to us and when we talk to all these wonderful authors like Brigitte. Um, we want to thank you all for joining us today. Join us live this Saturday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn when we talk to another inspiring author as they share their book and their inspiring story behind the story. Until next time, folks, remember, keep writing, keep inspiring, and keep sharing as you go beyond the pen. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's video on demand and live stream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.